Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Betting Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Viola, and of course, joining me as always, it is none other than the king of content, the high septum of soaps, the podcast power listener, and long-suffering Cowboys fan, the Oracle himself, Matt Friedman. And Matt, today, our special guest to talk about week one of the NFL. It is finally here. Labor Day weekend is over, and that means two things. Number one, you can finally break out those white outfits again. And number two, we have NFL football this week. And here to talk about it with us, Vegas Refund of the Action Network. Guys, how are you doing today? What is going on? I'm pumped to be here. This is is the first one, one, guys. Are you excited? NFL football (laughs) is finally back. Like you have to, if you if you're not excited, you don't have a pulse. Which I think it's like becoming a competition to see who is the most excited at this point. Um, but it's only two days away. I keep thinking it's Monday, but that's I'll say right. I'm the least excited. Uh, I'll just take that crown. You know, everyone wants to be the most excited. I will be exactly. the least excited about this. I I like football. It's in the preseason. I like watching these four stringers who are never going to do anything uh, running around out there and us being degenerates and betting on that. I like that. This is I mean, regular season's fine. Regular season's fine. Preseason football, the Matt Friedman special here. You once that's over, you're done. You wish we had seven preseason games, right? Yeah, that's uh, the more preseason, the better. That is a truly awful take. But guys, today here we are going to be talking about some of these week one lines. We're going to be talking about our power rankings and where we see the season shaping out from week one here. We got a bunch of great stuff to get to, but first and foremost, I want to ask you guys, what are the teams that you see yourself higher or lower on than the market? Who do you think you're going to be betting a lot versus fading a lot this season? VR, you first. Uh, So (laughs) it does feel like there's like a general consensus on like who's high on who right now, Mm -hmm. or like you could say like a mush where everyone loves the Giants, everyone loves the Ravens, everyone hates the Cowboys, uh, where before this show I was trying to, like, not give out, like, the motion, because I totally agree. Like, um, I think the Giants are going to overperform. I think the Cowboys are going to totally underperform. Uh, but, like, if I was to pick a few that, like, everyone else isn't saying, let's just say, um, the teams that I would be high on would be the Eagles first, which – like just purely based off of that division, while I'm also high on the Giants, it's really like the Eagles and the Cowboys have gone in totally opposite directions. Where the Cowboys lost Amari, they have Gallup on, coming off an ACL. Where the Eagles added AJ Brown, which very well could make Devontae better. Uh, and then you have Slay and Bradbury, and this traded for Chauncey, uh, Gardner Johnson. Where like they have an elite secondary at this point. Drafted Jordan Davis, like everything that the Eagles have done has made them better where from Amari to Gallup to Tyron Smith, like it's really like, I would love Eagles divisional futures if they were better odds. Uh, But then you just have to compare whether you're bought into Jalen or not, which I am more probably than the market. And then the other two, which I don't know if we're just going to go through each, like I just did, or we're just listing them um, would be the saints. Like, I think that is the one that I probably feel the best about that isn't totally, like, mushed, where you got an elite defense, you have a totally different wide receiver core from Michael Thomas, Landry, Olave, who I absolutely love, and you got Kamara with one of the better offensive lines in a top-five defense. And the NFC is just a total joke. Like, like liking 
like the Saints, I would not like them nearly as much if they're in the NFC. That's totally for sure. Um, and then the Giants, everyone loves the Giants, even though they're in the same division as the Eagles. Uh, it can't – like I'm one that I don't like criticizing coaching because I'm not a coach. I haven't been in the league for 30 years, and I don't want to say they should have done this when if I was in that same position, I might have not done it either. And it's very easy to criticize from a keyboard. Um, but it cannot go understated how bad Judge and Garrett were last year and how much of an upgrade the coaching staff is this year. Where I'm not comparing the two. It is a very it's a common theme, but Daniel Jones does have similar skill sets to Allen. Saquon is in basically the exact like atmosphere that he was drafted for. A better offensive line and just like the pure coaching upgrade, like in the injuries that they had last year, like they have to be better than they were last year. It's like impossible. Um, it's hard to it, it's hard to get worse if you're the Giants. Yeah. I I honestly I, I don't know. I I've just missed that discourse of people high on the Giants going into this season. I I get it. The arguments you're making here all make sense to me, and I think it is just my New York sports bias that I don't think anything good can possibly happen in this circumstance and with this team. But, Matt, what do you think? Are you just as low on the Cowboys, and does that translate to being high on the Giants? I know we love the Eagles a lot. I I can't fault anything that they've done. Yeah, I'm slightly above the market than on the Giants. And so if I'm uh, extrapolating that out to the the look-ahead lines released for each week, I would say that I uh, bet on them a couple of times. I don't bet against them any of the time. So I guess you could say, like, I'm, I'm a little bit higher on them than the market, but, like, not – I'm not all that high on them in comparison to some of the other teams. So teams that I'm I'm really high on. Uh, I'm going to be chalky here. Kansas City. Like, uh, I'm a donkey, I, but I, I can't help it. I come by it naturally. Like, this is very simple to me. I still think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Uh, the offense last year was still number one in success rate uh, on the offense. And uh, Andy Reid, I think, is still one of the most inventive play callers. They've had the entire offseason to think about how to rebuild in the aggregate after losing Tyreek Hill. So I think this is still a a good team that should be one of the front runners for the Super Bowl. Uh, Going further down the board, I like the Steelers. Uh, I'm higher on them than the market. Trubisky was bad, but not awful with the Bears. He was he was just bad, and I would say like roughly in line with the bad that the Steelers have had at the quarterback position for the past two years. And head coach Mike Tomlin, he's always been able to fill the competitive team. In our consensus fantasy pros unit power rankings, we have their wide receivers and tight ends as the number 12 unit. And I think that might be low if George Pickens actually pans out and then i think they have if not the number one a top three defensive line with tj watt and cameron hayward and then detroit this is this is chalky like people they want to restore the roar but i'm i'm leaning this direction they're a feisty team last year they were 11 and 6 against the spread as underdogs their offense will probably be better this year with more continuity uh, we have them ranked as our number three offensive line. There's no real weak link in that offensive line. And then their defense, I would imagine, can't be any worse than it was last year. There there just has to be some sort of progression from where they were last year as the absolute worst unit, if not the worst unit, bottom three unit in the league. So those are the three teams that I'm relatively high on. 
you practically stole my entire list here. Between the two of you, we covered Philly, and then Kansas City is the only team where going into the season, I was completely one of those people. I was saying, nah, this they're going to take a step back. No Tyreek Hill. That offense <laughs> is going to have problems. I saw two two snaps of preseason. I saw like one series of them in preseason. I was like, oh, nope. Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid is still Andy Reid. This team is going to be just fine. And then, like I said on the last episode, I've got Mike Tomlin at coach of the year at 33 to one. I, I hope that the Steelers can make the playoffs for that reason, because I think it gives me a good shot there. But I think that they've kind of upgraded by swapping out Ben Roethlisberger for Mitch Trubisky. I'm completely with you there on that. And the saints, I wanted to get this in all aboard. I think that they can easily win that division. If the bucks take a step back, I'm excited to see what Jameis Winston does with these receivers, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions with Marquez Callaway as his lead receiver last year before he got hurt. He can be a, we've seen him play at a high level in this league. As long as he can get the turnovers under control, which I have full reason to believe he can, this is going to be a good team, even without Sean Payton there. But what about some of the teams that you guys are a little low on here? We'll go back around the board. Matt, where are you going? All right. Well, Carolina, uh, I think they are middling at best everywhere, except for running back Christian McCaffrey. And I mean, running backs don't really matter. So I'm, I'm low on them. They are a bet against team, not once, at least based on the rate, the power ratings I have now and the lines in the market and the projections that I've done, not once is this a team that I'm betting on, uh, the, the Tennessee Titans. It feels like this is a really obvious, like everyone calling for the regression. Uh, they have, I think the worst ranked wide receiver and tight end unit in the league. Uh, their offensive line used to be a strength. Now it's a weakness and they have a run heavy approach with an aging running back. Uh, again, this is a team that based on what I have right now, I am not once betting on them. I am betting against them several times. Uh, and then the Washington commanders, uh, Carson Wentz is their quarterback and Ron Rivera is their head coach. That's basically it. Uh, they have a decent offensive line, decent running backs, decent wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, the offense is dragged down by wins. They have a good defensive line, but uh, pretty bad linebackers and a weak secondary. Uh, and so they have some things at positions that matter, but at the positions that matter the most and with the decision maker, uh, I think this is a pretty negative team. So again, this is someone that I am betting on uh, or betting against quite heavily during the season. Running backs really don't matter when they're not going to play after week 10, too. That that doesn't really help you. VR, what are you thinking? Who are the teams that you're fading this season? So, like, Titans was on my list for all of the same reasons. Kind of already went into what the Cowboys situation was as well. Um, and this one kills me. But the Pats just, you know, being a Patriots fan, like, I almost just, like, didn't do it. But the Patriots, I just can't. I just don't see it. Where like, this is the same team, but worse. That lost to the Bills by like fifty points. Like they did not. Like their biggest upgrade was Devonte Parker. Like I think that. Like and they lost multiple pieces on the O line. I haven't heard one positive thing from training camp. Like zero. It, where, it's been a temple of doom. Like every news piece coming out is about how the offense is completely out of sync. The no coordinator thing is just not working. It's just, it's, I haven't heard anything positive. Like they lost multiple key pieces. I just, I just don't see it like at all where like, and it kills me to say it. Like it really, really kills me. Uh, 
but like they just didn't improve anywhere. And it's the same team that lost by like a hundred points to the bills. It's the worst overall. And like the draft, like what was it like Cole, whatever. And the first, like, like from East. It's like killing me. You can say, but like, this is great. This is fantastic. Yeah. It's, uh, it's almost as if uh, it's been a horrible 20 years leading up to this point. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I will not, I will not complain once purely based off of just having everything. Ah, you, you hate to hate to see it happen to this team, to see them coming back down to earth like this after 20 years up at the, it's just such a horrible thing to see. I say as a Jets fan. Like on, <laughs> like honestly, them to finish last in the division, I don't think is like the worst bet ever. I think the only problem there is the Jets are really good at doing that. They're not good at getting the first pick, but they're good at finishing fourth in the division. All right. Well, hey, VR, I have a, I have a question on on the Patriots because for a while they've been a team that I, like is a little bit harder for me to get my mind around. Um, I think they have some, some good pieces in there and like, they have this, I don't know, like this culture, I mean, it sounds like such a stupid, like this culture of excellence or whatever they, they played well last year. Like I have them power rated as, uh, like an average team or slightly above average. Where do you think they fit in? Like, would you have them power rated as a below average team? I would have them powered like exactly average where uh-huh. like their win total of like eight and a half. Like, it's hard for me to get there. And if I just, like, gut check it and go through their schedule and be like, this is, like, the automatic wins that we can just put in the box. Like, like, it's, like, six or seven I'm counting. And then there's a bunch of, like, toss-ups where just the perception of the Patriots and the perception of Belichick, I feel like totally just inflates them. It will always inflate them as long as he's there. I mean, even now. And he is the greatest, so it's fair. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm sitting here going, oh man, they look terrible. They look so disjointed. Belichick somehow pulling the strings here, and he's purposely tanking the preseason to lull everyone into a false sense of security about the regular season. They're gonna come out, and Mac Jones is gonna look incredible, and they're gonna win a bunch of games. I'm, <laughs> I'm so afraid of it happening. It, it, I, when George Pickens' name comes up. The Patriots, who like Belichick's wide receiver privileges, need to be like revoked immediately. Absolutely. I mean, and that's not like a hot take, but Pickens was on the board, and they went Tyquan Thornton, and then Pickens goes the very next pick. Tyquan Thornton's out for the season with a broken collarbone already. Like it's just like the curse. <laughs> it is. Everybody talks about like he he goes in and I feel like when it comes to drafting, he gets too smart for his own good, and he starts picking these players who are like third round rated for other teams that are out of some small school nobody's heard of and everybody always universally goes oh hang on a second belichick's found a diamond in a rough here but then you go back and you look at the draft record it's not great and belichick we trust is the uh <laughs> i do jabil preppers i do love that addition like i'm very interested to see what belichick does with them um, but other than that like Devonte parker sick um and then they just lost everyone. So, you know, now, guys, <laughs> now, now, guys, um, it's it's just about time for the season to start, which means that we have a small window here to get in our last preseason bets. Is there any futures uh, position that you guys are looking at here 
where you're saying this is something people should want to grab real quick before the season starts? VR, anything for you? Uh, so in terms of like awards, which I do have one I'd be interested to hear both of your takes on. Like offensive player of the year, Jefferson is just automatic. Like I think he's like 15 to one. Like that's a very easy bet for me. Where I'm seeing a lot of McCaffrey like comeback player of the year. Where coming from the perspective of like if he stays healthy, he's going to win comeback player of the year. And from a fantasy perspective, if he stays healthy, like you're probably going to win your league. Let's just put it that way. Where like if he plays an entire season with the statistics he can put up, like why wouldn't offensive player of the year be in the equation over comeback or who knows both, which is he's like 25 to one to win offensive player of the year, which he's like, I think eight to one to be comeback player of the year. Matt, I'll give you the floor here. Yeah. Um, man, that's, that's a really good, that's a really good point. I think he can win comeback player of the year, even if he misses like a game or two. Um, if he misses a game or two, I don't think he wins offensive player of the year. Like, I think for that, you have to stay totally healthy. Totally fair. I, I think my problem with it is all of those ifs, if he stays healthy, if he can play every game and, if the Panthers have some semblance of a functional offense, I like Baker Mayfield, but there's a lot of ifs here that start to worry me. And I know that a guy like Justin Jefferson is going to produce. And I feel like that offensive player of the year is now position. It's it's an award that they're giving to the not quarterbacks because they're giving the quarterbacks MVP. Right. So I, I, I see where you're going with it. I lean, I lean more with Matt about the offensive player of the year one Oh, we're just talking. We're talking like twenty-five to thirty to one odds, like yeah. where, yeah, that's like really just the conversation. Um, and the last one I had for like the fun ones would be Higgins most receiving touchdowns at like eighteen to one or like twenty to one on DraftKings. Where like I was looking at it before the show, which I already I played it a while ago, but he played three less games than Chase, but had one more red zone target than Chase on the entire season with fifteen who chases nine to one for most touchdowns and Higgins is 18 to one or 20 to one, uh, which like, if you've been paying attention to fantasy, he's like one of the like quote unquote sharp guys that everyone loves, um, which I love him as well. Um, and that's another fun one. I like a lot. Uh, and then go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, I've been that's what we've been hearing from fantasy experts. I know that some of the guys on the Fantasy Pros podcast have pointed out the same thing about the splits in their stats and how, hey, hey wait a second, T. Higgins yeah. might actually be the red zone target over Jamar Chase in this offense, which we know is going to be hot. But, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I like that call. Uh, I am interested in uh, any thoughts that VR might have on uh, – on uh, Jamar Chase to be offensive player of the year uh, because I did bet him at 30 to one. And the thinking on that is he was so awesome as a rookie. He might take a second step forward as uh, you know, a sophomore in the league and the uh, like the odds for um, like leading the league and receiving, you have some pretty obvious names at the top uh, and he's near the top as well but uh he's pretty far off at 30 to 1 relative to the other wide receivers uh so you know uh jj you mentioned him i think he's 15 to 1 but uh you know far longer odds 30 to 1 for jamar chase when i would say like for them to lead the league in receiving yards they're pretty comparable 
like they have really similar odds. So I feel like there's a little bit of an opportunity to arbitrage the market here. And maybe the idea is that uh, Jamar Chase, uh, he's not going to get the touchdowns. But I think if he's getting the yards, the touchdowns are probably coming along with it. So he's uh, he's someone I'm thinking about. Patrick Mahomes also thinking about uh, nine to one to win MVP at DraftKings. You know, I mentioned earlier, just uh, I'm really still on the uh, the Chiefs this year. And I think they have a, a tough strength of schedule. But if they outperform, that gives them, uh, I think, like an edge in terms of like the narrative, especially the narrative of like, oh, they overcame the loss of Tyree Kill and rebuilt their offense. And so I think that could help with the the voter fatigue or familiarity that could otherwise impact uh, people's desire to vote for Mahomes. And then like the wet blanket one on this uh, Raiders under eight and a half a plus 115 at points. But I just I can't help myself. I look at them. They still look like like the worst team in that division and just kind of like counting through their schedule, adding it up. Like, I just don't see it. And if I'm wrong, whatever, I'm, I'm willing to bet against this team. That's right. But like, do you see anyone winning MVP other than like Herbert Allen Mahomes? Like, I I mean, I'm like, it's like so chalky, but like, I feel like you just bet like Allen Herbert and Mahomes. It's like a free five units or whatever it is. It where. Like, who could win other than those three? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, like, anyone can win, but like, I, yeah, I, I'm just gonna say James Winston. <laughs> I, it, look, if you want a long shot bet, I think there are worse guys that you can go with, especially with the market for comeback player of the year. They'll want to give that to a Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, someone else, especially if a quarterback can make a case like uh, can make a case with a good statistical season, like Jameis Winston could potentially if the Saints outperform what you're expecting. Guys, we've teamed up with Run Your Pool to bring you listeners an awesome new contest for the NFL season. You have the opportunity to go up against Matt and myself in an NFL weekly pick'em contest. To get in on the action, click the link in the description below or head to play.runyourpool.com slash bettingpros, sign up, and start making your picks for week one. We will keep track of the leaders week to week, and in addition to bragging rights against Matt and myself, the top three winners will also receive $300 in Fanatics gift cards. $150 for first, $100 to second, and $50 for third. So sign up today and get ready for week one. Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. RYP offers every game type under the sun from Pick'em and Survivor contests to fantasy pools and more. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. Get your crew together this season at RYP in a Pick'em contest, Survivor pool, even squares and margin pools. So check them out at runyourpool.com today. I would, I mean, if I'm taking a real long shot, like Jameis long shot, which I'm checking his odds right now, like Kirk Cousins, I don't think is an awful bet for MVP. Yeah. Which he's probably like whatever he is. He's probably way up there. Um, I love the Vikings too this year. Um, Yeah. But it's not like you have to worry about voter fatigue. These these are the people that gave Aaron Rodgers the award two years in a row, especially in a second year where it was questionable whether he actually deserved it. I bet Russell Wilson to win MVP, I think every single year. And like I, this is like the first time I don't have Russell Wilson ticket right now. Oh, he's makes winning. Me believe like he's probably going to win. Like literally yeah. every year I've just taken him. Now like 25 to one. <laughs> that, that reminds me of a time I saw this guy bet at a roulette table for an hour, bet like a grand on one number, like 
red 17 or whatever black 17 or whatever it was for an hour just plunking it plunking it and with his last 5k after an hour he puts it on four instead the 17 hit that's that's <laughs> what it's gonna be that's what it's, it's gonna be it's it's 100 now all right i want to get both both ends of the spectrum here we have to do a preseason super bowl prediction you can take odds into account. You can take who you want to bet versus also who you think is just going to win it because sometimes there's just no value on that. And also, I want to know who is drafting first next April. Matt, you go first. Okay. Uh, I'll go with you know an AFC and an NFC team. AFC, Ravens, 20 to 1 at Bet MGM. Packers, 12 to 1 at Caesars. Uh, I think, you know, Packers with Aaron Rodgers, there's, you know, obviously not great continuity at wide receiver, but I think that's the kind of thing that gets sorted out. Uh, David Bakhtiari, it looks like he's coming back for week one. So they still have a very good offensive line. They're going to be able to run the ball, control the ball. And then they have, I think, a very good defense. And then the Ravens, uh, a similar type of thing. You know, a lot of players coming back from injury. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be his normal self this year. And they they return, if not like to 2019 MVP form, something that is much better than what they had last year. And then the team that I think is the absolute worst. I'm just, uh, I mean, there are several here. It's either the Falcons or the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are hot garbage. And like, I could see, I don't know. They're probably not going to fire Carroll in the middle of the season, but like I could see them being undeniably bad and it being such a painful season for Seahawks fans. Uh, so I'm just going to say Seahawks. I, I mean, they're literally the only, the Seahawks are the only team that don't have like a QB that isn't young or hasn't had success at some point, which is Geno Smith. Like I feel like every other team, whether like Carson Wentz has played well in the past, Davis Mills, like, has potential where the Seahawks are really only team in the league that don't have a QB at yeah. all. Which I, I think they're just totally tanking for. I Yeah. They're either going to go CJ Stroud or Bryce Young at the end of the season. And we're in complete agreement here. I, if I'm betting on the worst team in the league, plus plus seven fifty right now uh, at BetMGM, if I'm betting on worst team in the league, I'm taking the team with the worst quarterback situation. And that is by far and away Seattle. Yeah, I like that. Like, I'm I, more confident in, like, the Seahawks having the worst record in the NFL bet than I am any Super Bowl bet. But are there any Super Bowl bets that you kind of like VR? Honestly, this is, like, the first year going into it that, like, I just don't have a strong, like, Super Bowl stance for – I've always, like, planted my flag on, like, one or two teams, like, not, like, publicly or anything, but – and it – like, I want the Chargers because if you just look at the Chargers roster on paper, it's like a Madden team. It, like, really is. Yeah. Where – and I think the people that, like, use the historical, like, Chargers always suck or they always blow it, injuries, whatever. Like, this is a totally different team. Uh, Anthony Lynn is not there anymore, uh, which is a big deal. They did like, still blow it last year, though. I know. They did blow it. And, like, and I love the Eagles. Like, I love the Eagles, too. Where I wanted to say, like, Chargers versus Eagles to roll would be my prediction. But that feels like a, like, huge long shot. Uh, but if I'm just taking the chalk, like, honestly, Chargers Bucks, I would probably say I think I'd that's... feel the most confident about. And if I'm making a Bucks or Rebel bet, I would wait until after week four. They yeah. start the season yeah. at Cowboys, at Saints, Packers, Chiefs. If they go two and two, like you're going to get way better Super Bowl odds than you are currently. Yeah, I'm. 
I'm team Bills. I want to see the Bills win it, but it's also there's way too much pressure on this team now. The target's on their back, and everybody's picking them. It, yeah, good things can't happen to Buffalo. It's not happening. Like if it's Bills weren't favored, like I would probably be in on them. Like yeah, if they were like the third favored team in terms of Super Bowl odds. Like I'd be a lot more comfortable. Like they are. I think they're like on draft things are like plus six fifty, and then the Bucks are like plus seven fifty, and the Packers or well, those are plus five fifty. Jesus Christ! Um, it the top. It's so top heavy which is really kind of surprising given how many teams I feel like have a legitimate shot this year at, uh, at taking down the Lombardi. The only thing that I'm sure of, if I could make a bet on Bill's heartbreaking season-ending loss in the playoffs, I would hammer that for all the money <laughs> in the world because you know it's what's going to happen to that team. But what are some of the things that you guys think are going to be surprises this season? What are some of the things that people are talking about or maybe just not talking about that – are going to catch a lot of people off guard once the season starts, Matt. Yeah. I mean, VR touched on this, uh, but I think it will surprise maybe not people who are hardcore sports betters, but like general sports fans, how bad the Cowboys are this year. Like, like Amari Cooper's gone. Michael Gallup doesn't look like he's going to start the season. Uh, James Washington is also out left tackle. Tyron Smith is out left guard. Con- uh, Connor Williams is gone. Right tackle, L. Collins is gone. Uh, right tackle, Terrence Still is a swing tackle who's now forced to start. Uh, they're going with an either old Jason Peters or rookie Tyler Smith as the left tackle. Uh, Connor McGovern is a swing interior lineman who is now being forced to start a left guard. Like there's been a tremendous amount of turnover on the offensive line which used to be a strength and the defense is just destined to regress like they cannot run as hot as they did last year with the turnovers so that to me as the long-suffering Cowboys fan just feels like the thing that is most obvious about this season that will surprise people like how how bad like really bad the Cowboys will look at certain points this year and their win total is 10 I know yeah it's crazy are, are you saying, Matt, that Trayvon Diggs' strategy of being so bad at corner that he just gets thrown to enough to pick off a bunch of passes might come back to haunt him this year? Yeah, it, it actually might. Uh, maybe he gets a little bit better this year, but uh, I'm kind of skeptical about that. Uh, he feels like very Marcus Peters-esque, where like he's just going for the interception every time, and if he doesn't get it, he's allowing like a 60-yard touchdown. Yep. It, it's it's boomer bust for him. It's the definition of that. It's fun to watch. I'll give you that. But I had enough of the delusional Cowboys fans last year talking about how he was up there with some of the greats already. Like, no, not the case. VR, how about you? What, what, what do you think is going to be the biggest surprise of the season in your eyes? So I think the Browns are going to be better than I think everyone gives them credit for currently, uh, where Brissett really has been in a situation like this before where he's really kind of just been like the collateral damage what for every team that's needed a quarterback and he started in awful situations where this is definitely the first team that he has an elite offensive line the offense is definitely an offense that works for him or if he can get to week 11 and this is just assuming Deshaun Watson is like Deshaun Watson when he comes back like the schedule starts out very easy where they very well could start like five and one, six and all, and everyone's like crowning them. Um, and if he just gets to week 11 or week 12, like with a winning record, let's say, which I think he's capable of, because on paper, the Browns have like a top five roster in the league. 
like easily. Like, and I just, I don't want to say they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be a lot better and they have the chance to make the playoffs and maybe even a division. Um, who knows? But I just think the Browns are going to be a lot better than everyone thinks. I think that's I think that's a little bold. I, I I I like I like where you're coming from with it. I agree about Jacoby Brissett. My biggest fear for him is how good are the wide receivers? I get that you have Amari Cooper now, but behind him it starts to get a little dicey. That's right. like the only thing that I can pick out. But you got Njoku, and I like just hand it to Chubb. Who, in my opinion, if I was like for football, like if I'm drafting a running back for my team, it's like Chubb and Dalvin. Yeah. Um, and that who knows like hunt can be there's stacked and like that offensive line is top three matt i want to tell you about something really new and cool coming up in the world of sports betting betting exchanges the first one is launching in the united states in new jersey right now and you have a chance to find your betting edge when you bet with profit exchange you get even odds on all spreads and totals and tighter money line markets than you would at a book when you use Profit Exchange. You can register now again for the first sports betting exchange in the United States and you'll receive a deposit match up to $200. So sign up today at nj.profitexchange.com. That's Profit Exchange, P R O P H E T exchange.com better odds and bigger wins are available now in my home state of new jersey you must be 21 years or older and present in nj to bet terms and conditions apply for deposit match gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER uh yeah i mean i feel like this is a segue into week one uh i'm betting on the browns at plus two and a half like this is oh, yeah. this is one of those spots. I, I totally agree with VR here. I think the Browns should be favored by a half point in this game. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm low on the Panthers. Uh, I'm not like super high on the Browns, but high enough to where this is like, yeah, like I feel like you got to be betting on them. It's it's a bad situation for the Panthers. Uh, they're playing four or five at home to open the season, but those four games are against the Browns, the Saints, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. And then after that, they play three or four away in what's their tef- their toughest uh, stretch of the season. So, like, no, like, week one game is, like, a must-win game. But, man, like, if they don't win this game when they're actually favored, like, that is a pretty bad sign for how things are going to go for the rest of the season. And that means, like, they could enter uh, the week 10 bye with an 0-9 record. Like, that's cool. that's actually that's actually possible. And, and looking at this game, like, the, the Browns didn't make the postseason last year. Uh, week one road underdogs who didn't make the postseason last year. Uh, so, uh, so to put some context around this trend, like think about the things that the market would tend to overreact to or might uh, like undervalue, like teams that didn't make the postseason. Like, yeah, in week one, they would probably be too low in the market. Uh, teams that are on the road they would probably be too low in the market and teams that are underdogs, they're probably too low in the market. So you put all of those things together. Those teams that hit that are 73, 46 and four against the spread. Like, you know, they do really well. And like all of, all of that makes sense. And then you look at Matt rule three and eight against the spread as a favorite four and 12 against the spread at home as a home favorite one and six against the spread and one and six on the money line. Like this is a guy who just cannot win in the situations where he should be getting a win. 
Uh, so you put all of that together. I mean, I've got more that I could say about this. You can, I wrote a matchup piece about this that you can see at betting pros. Uh, you know, there are matchups that I think really align with why the Browns win this game. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm betting on the Browns hardcore in this spot. And I haven't read your piece, but I'm, it's like the secondary just matches out like Denzel. Like they just match up so well. Yeah. It, I, I'm with you on that. A hundred percent. Fading the Baker Mayfield revenge factor. Yes. Yeah. And I love Baker. Like, I, but he's just, um, yeah. I mean, I'm team Baker too. I think that he got a bad rap last year for playing hurt. And we saw this guy take the Browns to their first playoff win. And since I'm pretty sure since I was alive, like, I think that we're not giving him enough credit and I'm kind of excited. It's the same thing I said with Sam Darnold last year, though. I'm excited to see what he can do in an actual offense. Again, actual offense is being compared to what the Jets were. And with the Browns, like I'm excited to see what Baker does with a change of scenery and when he's fully healthy here. Maybe they surprise people. Maybe they're terrible. The, the range of outcomes is high for this team. One game that I'm really liking, though, I'm taking the Bears as home dogs. A lot of home dogs on this slate to open up the uh, open up the schedule but the bears are getting a touchdown at soldier field against a 49ers team that might take for the season seven win ceiling for this team i think the defense is going to carry them and i think the offense is going to be absolutely putrid thanks to the quarterback situation there that's where i'm going with this i think that the bears can cover seven points in week one and that people are going to be surprised here because everybody loves the 49ers and i don't see it yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you on betting on the Bears this week. Uh, I'm against you on thinking that the Trey Lance situation is totally putrid uh, in San Francisco. Although it, it might turn out pretty bad, like there's the that's in the range of outcomes for sure. But uh, I'm not as sold on that as you are. Uh, VR, anything for Week One stand out to you? So right now, looking at it, the Vikings like plus two and Jags three and a half of the two that I have on my radar um, where like the Jags, I think I'm definitely higher on the market than everyone else. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is just, I just think he, like if I'm picking a quarterback, like Trevor Lawrence is probably the first guy still to me uh, out of that class where I'm just not a believer in Washington. It's like that simple um, where like, I just think they're bad. And the Jags situation last year, like it cannot go, understated how poorly like the whole urban Meyer fiasco like was just a ripple effect um and i i believe first year head coaches are awful against this spread but is Patterson really like a first year head coach um no. like yeah um i feel like he's doing things like i just i just i'm definitely higher on the jags and plus three and a half which i think it's gotten hit recently where i think it might go through three um, i do like Better GM still... does have it at two and a half right now. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I'm with you, VR, on, on this one. Uh, like, I, I haven't bet it, but if I were to bet it, this would be the side that I'm on. And uh, Doug Peterson in the hashtag revenge game against Carson Wentz, uh, going to love to watch that. <laughs> I like, a lot of revenge games week one. Yeah. There are. The, it's like, oh, the, the Browns. Like Baker's, like I would say, probably the number one revenge game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Vikings is the other one for me, where I'm high in the Vikings. Like I love, like the offense that's coming into play with them with the new coaching staff. Like I would say Cousins is probably my like most underrated quarterback in the league. Um, maybe I'm just a homer, um, but that offense is just like I have a soft spot, and I know the O line is going to be an issue, but it's been an issue for a couple of years now. 
where I feel like they can, it's not like anything new, uh, where the secondary is a problem, but at the same time, like, I just have no, I'm not a Lazard Lazard believer, like Dobbs, I don't believe in, where I just don't, like, the biggest issue with the Vikings to me is their secondary, and like, I, and I know they have Aaron Rodgers, so it really doesn't matter, but Devontae not being there is a big deal. Yeah, teams teams that lose the best receiver in football regress <laughs> offensively, and they still haven't done enough to bring in better guys to replenish that receiving core. And I think that the Packers are going to have a hard time with that, even though they're going to want to run with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon more this season. But, guys, if there aren't any more games on the specific slate here, let's move over to Thursday night football the opener of the season. Oh, it's going to be exciting. We got the Super Bowl champion Rams, two and a half point dogs in their own stadium to the Buffalo Bills here. Matt, I, I can't. Can, can you really lay two and a half with Buffalo here? No, and I, uh, I believe that VR hasn't made a bet on this. Uh, so I have some ideas on this game, like to, you know, get some feedback from him on this. Uh, I'm pretty solidly on the Rams at, uh, you know, plus two and a half here. This is uh, for me, the the game that shows the biggest edge of the week. And I think part of it is uh, Tredavious White uh, cornerback, number one cornerback for the bills being out on the pup with uh, the knee, the ACL tear that he suffered last year. White is, I think, a top five cornerback, like maybe top three. Um, he rarely plays in the slot, but he can shadow guys, uh, and he's a real shutdown perimeter receiver. So for context, like to compare him to uh, to Jalen Ramsey, you know, who's also playing in this game, uh, they have similar uh, reception rates allowed, uh, similar yards per coverage snap rates allowed, uh, yards per target allowed. Both of them have an identical 7.14 for their career. Like, I'm not saying that White is as good as Ramsey, like no one is, but He's like he's pretty close and he like he enables the Bills defense to function differently when he is on the field and his absence is going to be felt. And this is a tough spot, I think, for the Bills, a really nice spot for the Rams, like for the Rams back to back season opening home games. They're, you know, obviously, you know, coming in off of the offseason. So they've had like a lot of rest and then they have more rest to play at home next week for the Bills. Like this is a a tough stretch to open the year that they have. Right? Thursday night football at the Rams, home to Titans uh, on Monday night football at Dolphins, at Ravens, home versus the Steelers, and then at the Chiefs. Uh, like that's that is a tough stretch before they get to the the week seven bye. Uh, and so I think that could factor into this. Um, some positive trends for the Rams. Uh, McVeigh, obviously, like people know this, like five and zero oh in week one to uh to open the season like i don't think that is a a total fluke like he's eight and two against the spread in weeks one and two like i think if you give mcveigh you know like time i mean it's such a cliche like you give him time to prepare but like i think there's just something where like his team is ready in a way that a lot of other teams aren't and for the rest of the season like mcveigh is normally like a break even coach but in the first two weeks of the season like that is historically the time to bet on mcveigh and super bowl champions in prime time 10 5 and 1 against the spread uh i think the key matchup here is that without Tredavious White, it is really hard for the Bills to do what they need to do in the secondary to slow down uh, Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. Like, they have to give their slot cornerback uh, some help, 
right? They're, it's not just that they're without Tredavis White. They're also without last year's number two cornerback, Levi Wallace. He left in free agency. And so they have Teron Johnson as the slot corner. He's fine, but last year he was not fine when Tredavious White wasn't on the field. So like they, the safeties are going to have to give him some safety help over Cooper Cup, and that means that Allen Robinson is going to be one-on-one on the outside against either like two rookies or against uh, Dane Jackson uh, or Dane Johnson, uh, a let me make sure I actually get his name right. This is embarrassing. We're going to have to edit it out. Uh, we're not. We're not going to edit it out. Okay. Uh, I, I just totally don't even have the information in front of me that I was looking for. Uh, Jackson, I had it right the first time. Dane Jackson, a seventh rounder last year. Like, this is a bad situation that the Bills have at perimeter cornerback. And uh, who knows if Van Jefferson is even going to be able to play in this game. I don't think it matters that much. But if he does, then this is even all the tougher because he was actually a respectable number three wide receiver last year. So I think Allen Robinson is going to dominate on the outside if they don't give safety help to Cooper Cup. And they have to give help. Otherwise, Cooper Cup is going to dominate them in the interior. So that, to me, feels like the, the matchup that is really going to determine how this game goes. I think, like, I don't. No one is talking about Stradivius White being out. Like, it, he's like the key player that like really is going swept under the rug. I think across like everything that I'm reading, and it is like a huge deal. Like, and I I totally agree with you in that perspective. Where I haven't made a pick yet, and like, if you asked me a couple months ago, I'd probably say Bills because I'm was still in I'm still in awe of that. Bills Rams or Bills Chiefs game. It was just like it was like the greatest game ever. And I won't be shocked if the Bills run it like three times, like or less than ten times. Where Bobby Wagner is on the Rams now, we got Donald Donald in the middle. Like I just don't with whoever their running back is. Like I'm all in, and I very much agree with everything that you just said. And I was hoping that you would convince me on a side or get me towards a side, which you definitely have somewhat. I'm not saying that I'm not going to be on the Bills at this point, but this is. Definitely the worst secondary that McDermott's had to work with. Um, and his zone has been, like, successful, like, no matter who he usually has, but this is definitely the worst. Where I think Cup had, last time McDermott played Cup, it was like 100, 100-something yards. Um, the what do you the total in this one at BetMGM is 52.5. Do you guys have thoughts? I, it's so astronomically high, but I can't bet it under. Yeah, I like I've projected out, you know, I feel much better about my spread projections than my total projections, but, you know, projected it out and I have a slight lean to the under, but there's no way I'm betting it. I'm I'm going to tell you that I'm not betting it at all. I agree with that. Well, I I honestly think the Bills are going to throw it every single time. Yeah, Um, it's it's like definitely raise me. It's going to be a fun game. I'm excited for the season. I know you are too, VR. I know Matt isn't. Thank you so much for being with us here today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Where can people find you and the great work you're doing around the internet? Uh, Twitter. They have Vegas Refund. I could sure use a Vegas Refund on some of my bets already for the season. But... Thank you again so much for being here with us. Guys, we will be back on Thursday with more picks, analysis, breakdowns as we look at the entire week one state. We got a very special guest coming up for that too. It's going to be a great one. And don't forget, of course, head on over to BetMGM. Use the code BETTINGPROS when you sign up and you get a $1,000 risk-free bet right off the top. 
Use it to get your season started out on a high note by betting Rams plus two and a half. I guess that's Matt. You're going to say that that's what you should use it on? Uh, Whatever you want. I mean, you're getting the Vegas (laughs) refund. It doesn't matter. That's very true. (laughs) Guys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next episode.